Hello, I'm Anne, and you're watching CSO Executive Sessions. Joining me on the show today is Huang Xiaofei. Xiaofei is based in Singapore and is Group Chief Information Security Officer of SMRT Corporation. It's great having you on the show, Xiaofei. Hi, Anne. Good to see you. And good to uh, have a chance to speak to everyone online. Yeah. So um, we're going to discuss critical infrastructure today and um, protecting it is a monumental task. It's not just about ensuring that vital systems run smoothly, but it can escalate into a matter of national security. So CISOs in this sector obviously deal with very serious challenges, um, but what's a common roadblock they face in your industry? Uh, I suppose there are, uh, well, if you talk about roadblocks, there are so many of them, right? But um, specific to indus this industry, um, I will talk more about the inclination of CISOs who come from an IT background, who will prefer to deal with um, IT security kind of risk and data risk, but those are not so relevant or applicable when you move into an engineering industry, which is more concerned about things like safety, reliability, resilience, and so on, right? But I suppose the common vocabulary would be that it's one of resilience, right? In IT security or whatever kind of cybersecurity fields that the CISOs operate in, it really boils down to resilience, the ability to recover and um, go back to business as usual. So I suppose that is the I would say a common roadblock for CISOs in this industry to find uh, a lever, so to speak, right? To determine what is that um, resilience that they should be, um, you know, aspiring towards it when they talk about protecting their organizations. Mm. And apart from that, I'm curious to know what you're observing to be the top three cybersecurity threats to critical infrastructure in Southeast Asia right now. Mm. Nothing, nothing surprising as well. Uh, I mean, um, you know, when I started um, working in cybersecurity more than 20 years ago, I would say the threats are roughly the same, but maybe they are termed differently, right? So the first one is, of course, the biggest thing is the human error part, right? So today we, we, we see the human error, uh, human weaknesses actually materialize in different forms. But I would say, if you talk about the top three threats, it will be, number one, will be phishing attacks. Uh, I mean, I know it doesn't sound sexy, but really the phishing attacks is really the number one, um, you know, kind of uh, vulnerability in any organizations. Um, the second one I would say is actually um, legacy technology or te technology debt or technical debt. Um, we talk about critical infrastructure, not just in Singapore, right? Globally, um, all the peers and industry colleagues that I talked to, they all face the same problem because a lot of these systems in um, you know, the factory floors, uh, they, they, are not, they are not designed to be changed every three or five years. They are designed to be resilient and be there for at least 10 years, so to speak, right? So um, you end up with technologies and systems that are, I would say, technology technically obsolete. And um, that's really a threat in terms of cybersecurity because there's no way to patch them. And you just have to live with what you have. And um, it is kind of like a, a huge vulnerability, a gap in, in, as to where cybersecurity threats we're, we're, we're going to. The third one is, um, I would say, governance. So governance is a kind of like a dirty word in, in, in this industry because um, it was only until recently that people started, started to pay attention in terms of cybersecurity governance for uh, systems or even environments like you know industrial automation, 
engineering engineering kind of companies because this is this did not come naturally to them. Um, IT was more a back function to a lot of these com- companies, and when cybersecurity comes to the floor, right, the CISOs need to um, really understand what are the threats, not just in terms of the IT space but the OT space, which is where the governance comes in, right? How many assets do you have? What operating systems are these assets running on? And I think the gap in the understanding of the landscape, the gap in understanding of the environment really is a very key threat to critical infrastructure, not just today, but perhaps in the future as well. And um, bearing that in mind, um, what do you think are some relatively untapped areas of opportunity to strengthen cybersecurity for critical infrastructure? Well, I, I, I like the term, you know, turn the crisis into an opportunity and that really is where we are at right now, right? Um, so leading on from what I said earlier, there are so many of these gaps that um, we observe in the industry, but the untapped areas of opportunity are so many, right? For example, in terms of um, inventorization, there are technologies now that we can actually place into the network to kind of do discovery discovery what assets you have and um, allowing not just the CISO, but also the, the business in the engineering side of things, of course, right? To actually identify um, what are the assets that are on the factory floor, what are the assets in, on the remote sites and so on, right? So I think there's an, actually an area of opportunity to understand the environment better. The second one is actually um, from a CISO point of view, really, right? It's an opportunity for the CISO to earn trust and um, get closer and aligned to the business. What do I mean? So of course you have, uh, you know, kind of technology solutions to discover assets. And um, so if you position it not as a means of looking for weaknesses, you are helping the business discover assets and helping them to do their work better, right? To become uh, even more efficient in terms of their maintenance, in terms of their asset accounting and so on, right? That could really be an opportunity for cybersecurity to, you know, um, say, be closer to the business and say, look, we are not just looking at cybersecurity for cybersecurity's sake. We are helping the business to really deliver more value for the company and so on. So I, I think that is another untapped area of opportunity where CISOs can actually bridge beyond cybersecurity to you know, align closer with the business. Um, have you ever helped an organization prevent or recover from a cyber attack? Uh, what are some key takeaways from that experience? Gosh, there are so many. And I, I, <laughs> I could almost take one whole day to, to, to share so many stories. But um, I, w- I will not quote the, the attacks or the incidents specifically, but um, I, I will maybe go into what the lessons were in, in those incidents, right? Um, number one is you can train however well or prepare how, however well you are well however well prepared you think you are when incidents happen um, you will realize that there are always areas for improvement areas where you did not you, you did not come across your mind when you were preparing for those incidents so I would say expect the unexpected that's the first lesson and bearing from which right the second thing will be around engaging your stakeholders uh, and that's why when I talk about the previous point aligning to the business is very important because you have to earn trust from the business stakeholders before incidents happen, right? Um, it's no use crying over spilled milk. That's the third thing that uh, I have learned, right? You need to um, do not panic and actually have control over. You need to understand what you have control over and what are those things that you do not have control over because it, some of these incidents, they are pretty uh, sophisticated, 
right? So it's not the plain vanilla kind of um, attack. And if you look at some of these uh, statistics around the world right now, right, uh, one of which is the VMware Carbon Black is the incident threat report um, that was published in 2022, I believe, right? They spoke about the largest track in cyber attacks being lateral movement, right? So one of the lessons that I actually learned from some of these attacks would also be the same thing, right? Um, do not just look at containing the incident itself, but try to understand the tactics, techniques, and procedures related to the attack, the TTPs in tech words, right? In tech vocabulary. Understand the TTPs and really understand um, what might the threat actor be really interested in. They may not be interested in just that particular compromised machine itself. They may be looking at something more. And uh, oftentimes, you know, um, one of the key lessons would be uh, look beyond the incident itself and understand uh, what the blast radius might be, right? Where else might the attackers have gone into? And I think that is really a critical lesson because um, I, I, I can imagine a lot of the attacks these days um, they are they are of the sophisticated nature, right? Even the phishing attacks, as I mentioned in the first or second question earlier on, they are just not they are not just interested to to get your passwords, right? They want to get the password for a certain reason, and that's where all these incidents kind of relate to one another. So that's another lesson that you know look beyond the obvious. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned earning the trust of stakeholders internally, mm. um, and I think that's something that many CISOs struggle with. Do you have any advice on how they can go about doing that effectively? Okay, so um, I, I would say lower the, how do I put it? A, a lot of CISOs come from technical backgrounds, right? Mm. So uh, when we talk to uh, stakeholders, we are very excited about technology and oftentimes we forget that we are explaining some of these very complicated, very complex ideas to people who may not be so awful with technical terms and so on. So it's very important to speak the language of the business um, and really understand what the business is actually interested to understand from the messaging. Because it, yeah, cybersecurity is just a means to an end, right? You, you, you talk about cybersecurity, but what they need for the business that you know, really concerns the board of directors, for example, or the chief executive officer. What, what, what is the thing that you want to latch on? The second one is actually um, cybersecurity is hard and we can't go away with, and leave, you know, uh, our management or stakeholders thinking that, oh, by doing this and that, we will end up, um, you know, we, are, we will not be vulnerable anymore, right? But uh, I think that is the, the last, last thing you should say to any stakeholder because cybersecurity is always a journey and it's an ongoing battle if you like, right? And I think it's very important for stakeholders to understand that. And then, then lies the question of influencing to get to the right outcome for the company and for your business because for a lot of CISOs, they are interested in, okay, uh, addressing the next vulnerability, dealing with the next incident, but in the longer term, what's in it for the business, what's in it for the company or the organization, right? You need to really think about, about it um, think through it very carefully so that you understand why cybersecurity has a place in the business um, and what are the kind of risks that you want the business to take note of. I think that will, that will drive the conversation better than going in there with, you know, um, in, in cybersecurity, we call this fear, uncertainty, and doubt. A lot of us, we, we try to, you know, gain buy-in by spreading fear, uncertainty, and doubt, but I, I don't think that works very well. Um, and on a slightly different note, um, mm. are there any proprietary cybersecurity technologies 
at your organization that you can tell us about? Uh, not really. <laughs> not really. Yeah. Uh, and for yourself, um, what are you and your team focusing on this year? Well, we are a very small team. So I, I would say the key focus areas, if you, you know, think about it in terms of the cybersecurity framework, the NIST CSF, you know, you have identify, protect, detect, respond and recover, right? So the priority for me is still detect and respond and recover. Um, the key reason for that is because we, we have a, 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 a large landscape, a large environment of systems, and we are still trying to, you know, get to the best of ability in terms of getting the cyber hygiene up to mark. So I think for us, the detection and response part is absolutely important. And that's what the key focus area will be uh, for a start. The second focus area will be around governance. Um, governance, not, in just, not just in terms of process, you know, uh, because, um, you know, it, we are not kind of like a financial industry where we are hugely regulated and things probably you can expect to be a certain, uh, you know, speak stack, speak and span kind of format. But uh, over here in terms of governance, we are just trying to um, bring people up, one level up to become uh, more aware of the risk and also what they need to do at their business unit level to address the risk. So that is something that we are also trying to, um, you know, level up this year. Mm. Um, and on a slightly different note, can you mm. name one thing that you'd like to see cybersecurity practitioners stop doing? One thing that you think they should start to do and mm. something they should continue with because it's working well? Well, this is a tough question because every cybersecurity practitioner has come from a different background and probably likely operates in a different environment, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but more, more generally speaking, I would say cybersecurity practitioners, as I said earlier on, the, the earlier point, right? Um, stop lo looking inwards um, as to, you know, you, stop building a wall around ourselves, spreading fear, uncertainty, mm -hmm. and doubt, and, you know, hoping that people around us, stakeholders, will understand what we're trying to talk about. And uh, instead of that, start uh, empathizing, start, um, you know, listening to what others have to say, start listening to the business and start aligning ourselves to the business. Um, because we operate in a business, right? We do not oper operate in our isolated little bubbles uh, or cybersecurity teams. We, 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 we are employed by the company or the organization for a reason and that's to enable the business. So we, we need to really um, get really in touch with a better have a higher touch point with the business as well as our industry partners. Continually doing, okay, um, I think everyone is already doing a lot of work, right? Uh, I'm sure all, all the cybersecurity practitioners listening in are busy in their own, own uh, I, I suppose all of us are passionate about the things that we are doing. So I would say continue to uh, stay passionate, continue to stay um, engaged in the career that we have chosen, right? And I'm sure everyone agrees that, you know, um, we, we, we live in this uh, world, because, the cybersecurity world, because we enjoy the excitement, right? So let's continue to, to stay driven and, uh, you know, passionate about cybersecurity. And do you have any last words of advice for CISOs in your industry? Have fun. <laughs> try, try to have fun in, uh, you know, I, I, I know, I'm not sure about my colleagues in the industry. I, uh, oftentimes I feel like giving up, right? Uh, it's, it, it's, it's normal, right? If you look at some of the news recently on LinkedIn or wherever, everybody's talking about the average lifespan of the CISO in the company. Like, it's, 
I think it was 26 months, if I'm not wrong, right? But just, just hang in there, have fun, and, you know, take as much as you can from uh, your career to, you know, become a better cybersecurity practitioner and professional. Right. Well, um, thanks, Jean-Fei, for speaking with me today. It's been great to get some insights on uh, the transportation industry in the region. And to our viewers, if you have any suggestions or feedback on the show, questions you'd like me to ask our guests, you can drop me a message on LinkedIn. As always, thanks for watching.